The Tom and Serge Cafe in Al Kuz has become synonymous with the culinary wave that swept through Dubai in the past five years. It's now the go-to place for lunch and breakfast in Dubai. Its sister brands will be known to you too, Common Grounds and some of us, to name a few. Tom Arnold from parent company Bull and Roo tells us what it's like to run a growing food and beverage business in Dubai, where his food inspiration comes from and what's coming down the line. Dubai has a vibrant and ever-changing food and beverage industry. There's estimated eight or 9,000 F&B outlets in Dubai. Sometimes it's hard to say on top of what's opening and what's closing. We're spoiled for choice here with almost every cuisine in the world represented and plenty of cool new places to try out all the time. It's no doubt a difficult business to start off in. Welcome to Dubai Works, a business podcast about the innovators, the products, the services, and trending topics. Loving Dubai's take on the business stories that matter. My name is Richard Fitzgerald. I'm the founder of Augustus Media, publishers of Love in Dubai, Love in Saudi, and Smashy TV. Each week, we'll be interviewing the dynamic business leaders of Dubai. Welcome, Tom. Good to have you here in the Dubai Works Business Podcast. Thanks, Richard. Thanks for having me. No, it's great. It's uh, it's good to kind of chat. Uh, so you're Tom of Tom and Surge fame. Yeah, I am. Thank you. And yeah. uh, you know what is that? What you're known as is like is that you know what's Tom and Surge mean to you? Uh, yeah, I think it's the uh, it's the running name at the moment. People go, oh, yeah, I'm Tom. Yeah, yeah. Oh, of Tom and Surge. Yes, I suppose. So uh, yeah, I do get that a bit. But um, yeah, it's good. Uh, you know, I've we've had uh, we've had some good success over the last five years since we opened, which has been awesome. Yeah. So, uh, so Tom and Surge is a cafe in Alcuz that opened exactly or five years ago. Yeah, it was uh, November the eighteenth. Um, on yeah, in twenty thirteen, and um, yeah, we opened with a bit of a bang. I suppose with a first place to open a sort of warehouse style cafe in Dubai. Um, yeah, we closed at four o'clock. Uh, okay. We did a lot of things quite differently. We focused on breakfast and lunch and specialty coffee. Yeah. Um, and wanted to have a little bit of a uh, destinational type feel where, um, you know, we did things our way. And um, yeah, Dubai's, um, you know, definitely really taken it on and loved it for the last couple of years. So it's been great. How did that come about? Were you working in that space already here? And where's the influences come from? And, you know, did you see the success that it would be? Did you, did you know that demand for something like that was there? Uh, yeah, I suppose... Um, I'm a chef by trade, so yeah. that's that's a starter um, thing to know. But um, you know, that's sort of what got me into the whole idea about opening my own place and, and that type of thing. But uh, I was working for a company in Dubai that was doing really, really well at the time. Yeah. Um, and we were serving a similar type of product. It was very sort of casual dining, mid-market, but high quality, um, you know, daily routine type place. Yeah, um, the groceries. Yeah, we can say that. Yeah, with Jones and Grocery. Yeah, yeah. So I, I worked for them for about three years. Yeah. Um, and then um, saw how, you know, that it was doing well, but it w- I was restricted by, you know, the brand, obviously. Um, and it being a chain or a franchise and um, you know I wanted to do things my own way yeah. um, cook my own food and you know from what I you know had learned over the years and and what I saw Dubai was missing um, and I think um, at the time and still to this day like I'm so amazed at how you know multicultural Dubai is um, and how well traveled its residents are yeah um, you know because of the the fact that the locals are well traveled the, the expats are well traveled um, the standards um, are pretty high that they expect yeah um, so you've just got to keep pushing boundaries and I wanted to do something a bit different and um, you know I started cooking there with with uh, no rules I guess yeah which was good 
Yeah, it's interesting. There's, I guess there's a bit of a fusion of things, you know, the area that you choose, Alcuz, the kind of industrial feel that it has to it, the type of food that you serve. Obviously, in your Australian has a kind of a, an Australian influence in terms of the cafe scene. And then there's also the, the no rules part, which is very Dubai in a way in terms of uh, feeling. Is that one? Are those kind of combination of things that have made it a success? Oh, I, I definitely. Um, I think, you know, in Dubai, we often think that because of the hype that is around us and the, you know, the mentality of, you know, build it and they will come, you know, yeah. uh, let's, let's go and get this done and go hard. We definitely felt that. Uh, yeah. And still to this day, I still feel that. Um, and I think that as long as you're sort of, you know, listening to the, to the Dubai residents and understanding what they really want, there's opportunity everywhere in the city. Yeah. And it's almost hard to get a seat at Tom and Serge at, on the, at a weekend in particular. Like, how, how has that kept going? And, you know, one of the things that I noticed originally that was different, it, it felt like the service was different. The food was definitely of a different style, uh, but the service and the, and the people and the atmosphere uh, you know, how, how kind of was that created um, and what's important? Yeah, the service, um, yeah, it was about, you know, nurturing our staff, making sure they felt like they had a life, which mm. is one of the reasons why we closed at four o'clock mm. so they could go home, they could get a rest, you know, they could go to, a, you know, see their friends or go to the cinema or go to a party, whatever they wanted to do, but at least they had a life after work. Usually hospitality work is, you know, you work long shifts, you work through the evening, you don't get to bed till late, you wake up late, all that sort of thing. So mm. your body clock's a bit off. So, um, yeah, we, we made the decision to close early, partly because of that reason as well. Yeah. Um, you know, we look after our staff. We give them a couple of days off a week, which is, um, you know, a great thing. A lot of companies uh, normally give only one day off. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's a few things that, you know, we, we, we also, one of the biggest things that I thought actually helped bring their personalities out um, was we didn't have a uniform. Yeah. Um, we, we just let them, you know, wear whatever they wanted to wear. And that, um, okay. that really sort of let each person sort of shine a little bit, show off who they are, which yeah. is really cool. Uh, amazing. So kind of what happened next for many who don't know, like what happened next like with, with Tom and Serge, with the other brands? How did it happen? And were you still cooking or did you have to suddenly become a businessman? And kind of what was the transition? Yeah, well, there's a lot of learning curves there. Um, but, you know, to navigate through a successful business and figure out how to scale it. Um, yeah. As a chef, you know, that, that's, my, that's my natural habitat to go back to and go to the kitchen and cook and all that sort of stuff. And I still do write all the menus and, okay. and cook with my guys. Yeah. Um, the, just the time is limited that I spend in the kitchen now just because I'm running the entire business as well. Yeah. Um, but what, yeah. What is the entire business in terms of names and size at the moment? Uh, yeah, so we have about 250 employees. Yeah. Uh, it's comprised of Tom and Serge Cafe, uh, yeah. Common Grounds, which is in Mall of the Emirates. Okay. Uh, Brunswick, uh, which is in uh, behind Common Grounds in the Sheraton Hotel, yeah. uh, behind Mall of the Emirates. Um, we have The Some of Us. Yeah. Um, we have a bakery uh, called Rise and Dawn Bakery. We have a coffee roastery wow. um, called uh, Encounter Coffee. Okay. Um, you know, we're partners in a barber shop. Uh, as well, which is amazing. It has two locations now yeah. um, called Akin Barber. Yeah. Um, that's, wow. yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> we, we've, we've grown fairly, fairly, you know, decently over the last couple of years. And, um, yeah. yeah, it's been a pretty wild ride. I can't even believe, you know, sometimes when I say <laughs> that, you know, it's a, but, um, but we do have, you know, small plans for the future to grow. Uh, yeah. We see, as I said before, we see a lot of opportunity in the city. Um, and um, it really uh, is obvious where we think our product works well. Um, specifically, we target um, people that we know are going to use us because they trust our product. Mm. Um, 
we you know we try and you know encourage them to come back loyally and 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 come back you know as part of their daily routine hmm. three to four times a week okay. because we are that mid price point yeah um you know where we try to be in really convenient locations where we have a good mix of business and uh, business and residential crowds as well yeah um so you know happy to say that we've got uh, two new locations under construction at the moment hmm. um which probably about 50% of the way through. So they'll be opening in the next uh, probably four to six weeks. Okay, um, nice. And one of those is in JLT oh, um, in Almas Tower. Okay. And the other one is in DIFC, yeah. um, which is a great location there. So they're both common grounds. Um, and yeah, we're going to be really targeting, you know, the people, the residents and the workers in those areas and trying to get them coming back as much as possible. So Amazing. So mm. uh, what percentage of your time is in the kitchen and outside of the kitchen? Now? Uh, uh, it's or is uh, it the same thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's well, it's it, it's it's. Let's see, if you count at home as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have I have three kids, so I got to cook oh, for well. them as well. Um, yeah, you know, I try to cook healthy and okay, you know, you know, give get their taste buds going in an early age as well. So I don't know, probably you know maybe say 75 25 25 in the kitchen at the moment sort of 75 working on the expansion yeah um but that usually means that i'm in there most days um just for a couple of hours on end whether you know because i work you know yeah but the passion know, is still there in food so that's kind of part of the drive that kind of you know you're still cooking at home you still love yeah. foods and you're looking yeah at, that yeah. kind of helps you kind of keep growing this yeah it drives the business like yeah. if, if if i i often think back but i just don't think that I could do what I do today without having that food knowledge. Yeah. I just think it's so important in the F&B industry to have really have a good understanding of what high quality food is yeah. and how to satisfy customers and especially like when they're paying you know fairly good money for you know for one of your dishes you've got to make sure that it's you know it's got thought behind it it's considerate of yeah. diets and health and all and flavor combinations got to be balanced you know all these types of things so what do you think of, of what you've set as a precedent and kind of influence? You know, I was recently in Australia and I spent some time in cafes in Sydney and you can just see that it's part of the culture and there's lots of innovation and entrepreneurship in that space. In Dubai, you almost kind of were uh, led that charge kind of five years ago. And yeah. What, do you, are you happy that, that, the, that the audience and the consumers have come along? Or are you a bit uh, kind of protective that you see many other kind of similar uh, style restaurants and cafes open up, or is that just natural business? No, I think that's natural business for sure. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I'm 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 definitely very pleased with the way Dubai has sort of taken to our product. But it doesn't surprise me either because uh, you know you mentioned Australia, and Australia is an extremely multicultural place. Mm. We don't have a cuisine there, mm. so I suppose you could call our food. Well, yeah. You know, it's Australian cuisine because I'm from Australia. It's ba- the the idea of Australian cafe culture is sort of our bread and butter yeah. for most of our businesses. Mm. Um, but um, you know, it means that we can cook with loads of different inspiration from all over the world, yeah. and not really have to follow anything certain. So, uh, although there are, you know, I'd say the majority of our inspiration is okay. This is complicated, but I'll, I'll, try, <laughs> I'll try and explain as well. We use a lot of old school French techniques. Yeah. You know whether it's cutting or braising or steaming or frying or whatever, but or stewing or you okay. know whatever. We, Is that we, where your so, training was? That yeah, kind that of was my base French training style. Yeah, definitely. Cordon Bleu style or something like yeah, that. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I, I worked in some uh, a very famous um, French fine dining restaurant okay. in Australia called Fudemont. Okay. Um, I worked there for five years actually. So that my most of my training was from fine dining. Yeah. Um, I've worked in some of the world's best restaurants as well. Okay. Including Artsakh, um in Spain, which was uh, number seven in the world at the time when I was there. 
Um, but yeah, it's um, most of it is um, it was so it's French French techniques at the very base. Yeah, but when we then go and reinterpret that it's it's southeast asian flavors um whether it's vietnam thailand and and i'm when i say i'm not saying we're doing those dishes i'm saying that it's we use a lot of kaffir lime we use a lot of lemongrass we use a lot of ginger you know we use a lot of those types of flavors and then you know it can even be like african where we use a lot of ducker or you know then we can be um you know um i don't know Iranian, where we use a lot of, you know, saffron and pistachios or, okay. you know, Middle Eastern, where we're using, you know, lemons and, you know, different, all, all these different sort of even Mediterranean flavors. We're yeah. just sort of trying to find the right ways to bring them together yeah. without being fusion. So I hope I'm not con- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Con- confusing you here yeah. without being fusion ever. So we don't yeah. like have one dish where we've got a flavor from Middle East or a flavor yeah. from Th- Thailand or whatever. Okay. Um, so it's fusing those, um, those dishes to get or those ingredients together into one dish, but reinterpreting into this modern Australian style of um, contemporary cafe cuisine. Yeah. I'm beginning so, to see why it might appeal to the kind of over 200 nationalities that are here. That mm. there's kind of a little bit of little yeah. bit for, it's you, your yeah. your target audience isn't just one perceived demographic. It's basically Dubai residents. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. 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 I think for me is as long whenever I taste a dish or whenever I'm trying to come up with a new dish, it's um I usually try and think of and I'm gonna confuse you again. But <laughs> this is I, I have this thing about when I was a kid I used to love salt and vinegar chips. Yeah. And I loved them because they were so salty and they were so acidic. Yeah. And it was uh, those are two of the flavors that the tongue absolutely just loves. Yeah. Like when you have a piece of fish, you put a big bit of yeah, lemon yeah. on it, and it's like, oh, it makes it so yeah. good. You know, a bit of so- bit of sea salt, bit yeah. of lemon. It's like it's amazing. You need good potatoes. It's the same. It's, well. Yeah, it's yeah. the same sort of. It's the same philosophy. So, but with our cooking, it's like everything that we do. I want to look for sweet, sour, salty, wow. balanced flavors in each okay. dish. So when you go to one of my places next time, just like think about that when you have a dish and you're <laughs> yeah. like, oh, okay, now I get it. Yeah. And then you like sort of, you know, you add texture and you add, you know, spice and all these other things to it as well to wow. give it a bit of a cool. reel up. Um, I want to touch on, before I touch on trends in the food industry, I just want to uh, talk about the kind of F&B industry in Dubai because, uh, you know, we're spoiled for choice. It's wonderful. Uh, we've so so many places, so many things, and it's changing all the time. But from a business side point, it's a bit daunting. The the per capita ratio of restaurants is higher than I think anywhere that I've seen. I think mm. it's you know eight or nine thousand F and B outlets in Dubai. You know, like is that is is there an overload? Um, and you know, what advice would you have? Uh, from a business point of view, of uh, for people, I know I know there could be plenty, but like, what what sort of heads or mentality do you need to be entering into this space? Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely the supply of restaurants has definitely increased. Mm. Um, you know, spending I, su- I suppose is sort of flat at best. Um, still positive, but it's flat. You know, it's it's mm. it's got to be. We've had a massive few years of growth. Yeah, so that's normal. Um, but I suppose it's about, you know, sort of like really sort of um, picking your niche, understanding your business model, um, making sure that before you go into it, have the experience, mm. you know, don't go blind. I know th- I think it, a lot of it has come through, um, you know, just investments and, and people just investing, mm. um, having the idea of, okay, let's, let's just hire a chef and just put him in there, mm. give him a salary. And then hope that hope for the best sort of thing. Get a great location, pay too high a rent probably, thinking that you know footfall will just come. Yeah. But 
it's about the people. You've got to invest in the people. Yeah. Um, and my what I would love to see more in the in the city over the next couple of years um, is way more young entrepreneurs, um, chef driven people, or you know, guys or girls who have sort of had experience in Dubai who have worked for some of the hotels, worked for me, worked for all the other restaurants around town, yeah. then then take the step and go, right, let's go out there and let's, I'm going to take a punt, I'm, you know, I'm going to try and find a way to get my own restaurant open. Because yeah. if that's the case yeah. and that person finds an investor but, it's, but they've let it, yeah. then they've got the responsibility to deliver, this, to deliver the success, not the investor. And it's interesting. It's almost like the externalities, so the ups and downs, the economy and things like that will be there regardless. But the things that you can control, which is experience, knowledge, passion, energy, and, yeah. and foods, you know, if you do that right, you, you have yeah. every chance of success. Hundred percent. This is one of the things that you that you see a lot around now is that because of the fact that a lot of those nine thousand restaurants are probably investment driven rather than chef driven. Yeah. By passion. Yeah. You see changes happen all the time. So as soon as numbers aren't, or, you know, aren't what was expected, mm. they just fire the chef and get someone new in. Yeah. You know. But it's and there's also a couple of issues where it's you know we've had we've seen that you know um, even you know my staff you know I, we have people come and you know try and poach our staff away for massive salaries and they're yeah. not ready for it. Yeah. So like you know I might have a, a you know a, a mid-level chef or junior chef in one of my restaurants. Yeah. Um, and then someone will come and approach that person. Yeah. Offer them double salary. Yeah. Put them in as a senior chef in. You know their restaurant that's yeah. an investment. Yeah. Then they underperform. They can't figure out why. Too much. They pressure, get sacked, exactly. and then yeah. you know they fight. They hire someone else, and yeah. then all of a sudden, six months later, the restaurant closes. It's amazing. So it's it's yeah. just a cycle that's <laughs> happening, and we're seeing it all the time. Yeah. Wow. So. But but we also you, you know that's, I think that's a really good point about people who learn from experiences here and launching businesses. There's the, this proudly Dubai initiative with a lot of kind of F and B outlets, brand outlets, homegrown brands from Dubai as well. That that seemed you know that are kind of creating success stories. Yeah. So it's good to see. I think it's amazing. Like I've set up my life here. I got my my you know I got married here. My kids are here. Like they, uh, we all go to school. They all go to school here. Like you, yeah. you know we're living here like we would anywhere else. And you know the city is is really ready for you know a, a big wave of young entrepreneurs that are willing to set up you know life here. Wow. You know? Yeah. And from a trend point of view, I think we we, we chatted recently a couple of years ago when the kind of food truck scene was happening and you know there's all the delivery apps and things like that how do you navigate sort of innovation and trends uh from a consumer point of view from an industry point of view uh do you have a set vision on where you want to take the kind of the the bull and rude the tom and surge kind of brands uh and yeah how do you kind of navigate all that how do you make choices yeah uh it's tough. <laughs> or you got to you got to listen to so many different factors. You yeah. know, there's so many different, uh, you know, things that you could you could do in, in, in you know as as a business as as you navigate through whether you focus on delivery, whether you focus on you know do you cloud kitchens and all these types of things that are that are you know coming do you up do at the that? moment. Do you have that? Uh, no, no, no. So cloud kitchens are kind of dark kitchens where yeah. people can see your brand on an app. Yeah. Order, but it's actually they can't even walk into that place. Yeah. So that's yeah. a kind of big trend in other markets, and there is some place like that here. Is it something that you think has it, it works, and is it possible to do that? Yeah. Oh, there's definitely space for it. Like it, it's it is the future. There's no denying that. You know, as people get you know 
less patient and so needy for instant instantaneous food like that is and they you know they're lazy enough to you know not go out of their office or go for a 10 minute walk or they're not even lazy they maybe they're just busy they maybe yeah. they've got their next meeting and you know it, it makes total sense to you know just order it in mm. rather than go and spend half an hour you know having a chat with someone having a co- over a coffee and a salad in a cafe yeah so I, I get why it is and 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 um and and i you know we, we we are looking at different ways of getting into that side of side of the business but at the moment we're really just focusing on our four four walls and just trying to figure out how to you know make sure that we continue to give really high customer service and you know make sure that our staff are really engaged and make sure you know that we're just delivering the product that we've always promised to deliver. How do you see innovations from, do you see digital as a separate element or do you see it as part of the kind of consumer journey, whether it's uh, ordering, whether it's marketing, whether it's influencers and, and and customer loyalty, is that all part of your proposition? Yeah, definitely, yeah, uh, you know, there's so many different factors to it, as I said, like whether it's considering how you you know, advertise on, on one of these apps or, you know, the delivery apps or, or whether you, um, you know, spend a lot of time focusing on advertising through social media. Because mm-hmm. essentially, I, I, I'm not expecting to do hundreds of orders a day if we went through one of those delivery apps. Yeah. So essentially, it is sort of, you know, if we were to do it, it is, you know, more of a marketing type activation to get your brand name out there and whatever. But So at the moment, you're not available on those delivery apps? Yeah, we, we are. Um, we are, but I, I, you know, and I, I'm going to say a few things that uh, that uh, there are issues with them. Okay, is that because there's no real controls over on a lot of these apps of about who goes on there um, and what restaurants go on there. Um, it's very difficult to get noticed on them. Yeah. So um, you know, if it's interesting, it's, yeah, because it, if you go onto one of them right now. Mm. in this radius where we are, you might see a hundred different restaurants. Mm. By the time you get to 20, people are sick of scrolling. They go, oh, I just have the one at the top. Mm. So, plus the commission's usually quite high. Um, so, and also there's another thing where, and this is another thing that I have sort of with it, is that a lot of the times the food that is placed onto delivery, like a lot of my dishes aren't designed for delivery. Yeah. So we've done a small menu that's based around food that I know travels well. Yeah. That at the end of the day, when the customer gets it, they're going to be satisfied with it. Yeah. So, because they're getting something of quality. Yeah. Whereas a lot of the restaurants will do, um, you know, they'll, they'll put the whole menu on there. Yeah. So, the, like, you should never, you know, put, you know, a risotto on, you know, a bike, yeah. you know, and have it send around, you know, <laughs> for cardboard, 30 minutes. Yeah. You know, it's going to, you know, yeah, it'll literally, you'll be able to bang it onto a table as soon as you get <laughs> it out, you know. So, um, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, it, it's about trying to find the right ways to, and I hope, what they do is to start to vet certain restaurants yeah so that they know that what they're putting on there is of quality yeah um and you know because otherwise it's not it's hard for you to kind of what you stand for is that sort of high quality product yeah it's hard for that to be delivered yeah that way yeah yeah don't get me wrong like we 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 are on them and 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 we have some loyal customers that really enjoy our products from there and we try hard to make sure that we're serving the best products through that yeah um but yeah there obviously there are some kinks it's still very new as well you gotta remember that you know these delivery apps have only been around for three years yeah like mainstream maybe two years i mean i didn't even have delivery on my uh on my phone last year yeah 
and now I do, and I, I use it regularly because I get home late sometimes. If I'm not, if I've cooked for the kids, but I haven't cooked for myself yet, it's like okay, yeah. I'll order something that I know is of quality. Yeah. Um. So you know, it's one of those things. But I um. Yeah. Generally, I think they've got a long way to go and a lot of learning to do. So. Uh, and would you do would you do your own delivery, your own apps and things like that? Is that some love to at some point? Yeah. yeah I, I really do have some ideas for that in the future. Okay. Um. Because I think that, as I said, there's 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 ways of getting the quality right up there, but um. You know, yeah, yeah. I suppose I'll okay. I'll let you know in the next couple of months about that one. Maybe there's something <laughs> come up. Perfect. And you know, what's what sort of approach do you take to like? How do you tell the story and the journey of uh, you know Tom and Serge, some of us, and Common Grands? And what 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 do you think from a marketing point of view? Uh, how do you create these concepts and these brands, and what's important to them? Um, yeah. Uh, so the brand creation uh, is led by myself, mm. um, as well as being a chef. I sort of am, I suppose, quite creative in that sense. Yeah. Um, I really know what um, I feel like I want for my brands uh, when when we go into like the conceptual phase anyway, or the f- initial phases. Mm. Uh, but that's purely through understanding and trying to understand the market and the population as as well as possible to sort of figure out what the niche is and and where I think the brands can work well. But yeah. Um, is Common Grounds because of the, the name? Is it more associated with coffee? Or is uh, you know, are there any kind of connotations that there's food f- focus on some aspects in coffee and others? Or uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, common Grounds is it's it's the name is Common Grounds after coffee. Yes, so it serves very high quality specialty coffee from Encounter Coffee, our okay. coffee roaster. Yeah, um, and yeah, we really focus on the specialty side of things uh, in terms of making sure we have really high high grade coffees uh, from all over the world. I think we've got seven or eight different origins at the moment, which is interesting. You can ask about when you go into the restaurant. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, we, Common Grounds more we focus on um, more healthy. Um, everyday meals that um, you know people can rely on you know on a daily basis. Mm. So um, it's um, it's probably how could I class it? I suppose Tom and Serge is the more adventurous one mm. uh, in terms of flavor combinations and that type yeah. of thing. Um, you know the sum of us is a little bit more. Uh, it's in, in a more corporate area. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, it's also very relaxed at the same time. Um, the food is, um, I suppose you'd say. Um, a little bit more sensible, um, mm. more familiar for people, um, and I would say Common Grounds is definitely focused on. Uh, we, we're getting to a point now where we're focused on you know a lot of vegetarian, a lot of vegan stuff, a lot of health-driven dishes and all that sort of thing. So, um, which is why we've sort of chosen the locations that we have for the new ones because we think that's what people want at the moment regularly. Uh, during the week, so which uh, is are vegan options on the menus, or do you have? Uh, would you look at a standalone vegan offering? Uh, how do you approach that? They're better than the menus. Okay. Yeah, actually, all my places have vegan, vegan okay. quite a lot of vegan options. To be honest with you, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Are you ever approached for franchises and people looking to kind of replicate what you've done under the same brand name? Yeah, we, we yeah multiple times uh, over the over the last few years for sure. Um, we've held back a little bit just because um, you know we want to mature the brands a little bit. We want to make sure that we really um, you know continue to get their names out there as that one destination. Mm. Um, as soon as you grow into too many um, different locations of one brand, it can sort of sometimes they can start to compete against each other and um and sometimes customers if not if locations are not chosen right they can um you know they can definitely um you know cannibalize each other as well so we're being really careful with that 
Yeah. Um, but you know, we we love to look at expansion into other other areas of the GCC uh, internationally at some point, um, which is what we're sort of considering now as well. Okay. Um, sort of into the future, how we how we navigate that, how we do that. Okay. Uh, which is really exciting actually to think about. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Amazing. Brilliant. Uh, and, you know, kind of like in the future, you mentioned the new openings at DIFC and, and Alma Stars. Uh, how, how is the brand, if we sat down in five years' time, uh, exactly five years since you launched, where does the Bullen Roo, uh, Bullen Roo is the holding company. Yeah. So where does that sort of um, sit? Or what does the future look like? Ooh, uh, <laughs> it's, I, I'm so pumped about it. Actually, I really, really feel like our product's still got a lot of legs okay. in this market. Um, you know, we've we, we've got um, we've got some big things on the cards uh, going into uh, the end of 2019 uh, and 2020, uh, which I can't mention at the moment. But there okay. are some really, really amazing projects coming up. Um, different than you've done before. Um, yeah, yes. Yeah, I suppose one of them will be slightly different than what we've done before. Um, Another one um, is sort of um, just taking what we currently do, but just to a whole nother level okay. um, in a really, really amazing location, which I'm really, really pumped about. So, amazing. Um, Where is it? Uh, I can't <laughs> tell you yet, Richard. Yeah, you know, you've yeah. got me on that one before. <laughs> I so. have to ask. <laughs> yeah. No, but no but, yeah. I, I would hope in like, you know, maybe the next two months, I reckon I can start, you know, talking okay. about those. So, okay, amazing. Yeah. And that, and you know, how do you see Dubai developing? Like, what are you excited about living here? And what, what do you... What do you think this city is going to be like in five years' time? Uh, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I think it's just like just continuing to just, you know, become a real cosmopolitan city where people just want to live. Mm. It, we've got everything here, mm. you know. Um, we're so we're in the middle of the world. We're so close. I, I always measure it by um, how often do I get uh, guests visiting me from Australia. Mm. Last year, I had like 10 or 12 different groups of friends yeah. visit me. Um, on their way to Europe. Yeah. And they all used to fly straight through. Every single one of them stopped in Dubai for like five, six days wow. and spent time here. Yeah. Um, whereas the years before it was, you know, it was you could barely had one or two, you know. Yeah. It's um, amazing, isn't it? And they, they also I got the same from Ireland and they also know about things here. You know, whether it's like have you eaten in Salt Bay restaurant yet? Yeah. <laughs> they kind of ask you, oh, this concert is happening. Like they're kind of more on top of things yeah. than we are. They kind of, you know, it's not the, yeah, it's not what should we do? It's like this time I want to do that sort yeah. of thing. Oh, I definitely think, uh, you know, um, Dubai is definitely there now with like New York, London, mm. you know, Sydney, all these other great cities around the world. You know, I, I really think that we're right there with them now. Wow. Um, which is awesome to think, you know, because, yeah. you know, I was here, I've been here for 10 years now okay. um, and seen the city develop loads, you know. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, it's been awesome. So. Okay, brilliant. Mm. Well, hopefully you have you back on again at the end of the year when we can hear about the new projects. Excellent. It's been a pleasure, Tom. Thanks for joining us. No worries. Thanks, Richard. Cheers.